Hi, everybody, and welcome to Podcast of the Planet of the Apes. Today's episode is... Episode 15, Toys of the Planet of the Apes. Hey, Joe. Hey, Andrew. How you doing today? I am really good. We've got we've got a hell of an episode. Yeah, I think so. I think hell this is of an episode. This is a damn good episode coming up. Uh, we've got professional wrestler and toy collector Yuma with us today. Uh, in just a few minutes, going over some really cool stuff that I think every everyone who's been listening to the podcast will really enjoy. Um, kind of like a retrospective. I feel like of our of our 2020 year of our podcast, at least. So I agree. Um, with that. I agree it's with a that. good end of the year episode uh, as we delve into the history of the series uh, through the collectibles. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a really fun one. Um, before we get into that, uh, anything new with you? I did just get a couple of Toys actually that I sent you a picture of. Uh, oh, I saw. Yeah, yeah. Some pretty sweet figure arts of uh, of uh, Captain America, Thor from Ragnarok, and uh, Spider Man in his Infinity War outfit. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to That's awesome to have those. They're they're really sweet. I like them a lot. What about you, Andrew? Anything little, little Christmas, little Christmas present for yourself? Yeah, you know, um, it's it's tis the season to give to yourself. This episode should be going live, hopefully, right before Christmas Eve. Uh, that said, uh, guys, please check out I Think You'd Be Into It, the podcast. Uh, I'm going to be a guest on a live show of theirs on Twitch on Christmas Eve uh, night. I think that's around 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, discussing all things Die Hard. So... I'm really looking forward to that. Yippee-ki-yay. Um, motherfucker. So yeah, I'm I'm really, really looking forward to that. I watch Die Hard every Christmas Eve. Uh, before that was a thing that people did. So uh, I, I, I used to work at a video store. And uh, I got in trouble for putting Die Hard in the Christmas section. Um, this was like... It's a goddamn Christmas movie. Right. This was like, oh my God. Is that 20 years ago? You're oh, my old. God. <laughs> no. Okay, so uh, it was a while back, let's say. Um, so, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, so <laughs> while I'm having an existential crisis, listener, I know that you guys will be listening to this episode uh, the day that it comes out, as soon as it comes out. So please, if you're hearing this now, go check out... Uh, awesome podcast that's with brandon and beth they were on an earlier episode gate from the planet of the apes so with that uh, i joe i think we should just jump right into this awesome interview with yuma oh okay. yeah all right so enjoy hi everybody and welcome to today's special guest today we have professional wrestler and toy collector yuma welcome hey guys thanks for having me on Happy to have you here, man. Yeah. So, uh, Yuma, please tell us, like, what's your what's your history with Planet of the Apes? Um, so, my history with Planet of the Apes goes back to uh, a VHS uh, my Grammy had. Growing up, my Grammy was like we we were glued to each other, and she was a huge VHS collector, like to the point where it was probably a problem. But to me, I always thought it, I thought it was cool. Uh, if if they put it on VHS, she had it. And she had this copy of Planet of the Apes in this weird box that, like, this the sleeve, like, you wouldn't ever put that for Planet of the Apes. It was, like, neon blue with, like, it looked like Saved by the Bell art. <laughs> but but it was, the, it was the original Charlton Heston one. And um, so that was my first exposure to it. But it was not actually watching it. It was just looking at the case and wondering, what the heck could this be? And... Um, and then eventually, you know, seeing it on, um, I, it, it was a marathon, so it was probably Sci-Fi Channel, um, and it was edited to crap, you know, it was shorter, 
But uh, but you know, as soon as I saw the first the first ape, I was like, holy cow! And then of course, Simpsons actually really it solidified uh, how much I liked it because they made fun of it, and I remember getting mad. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. That's kind of awesome because, like, I feel like there's this lost art of discovering old VHS tapes at this point. Um, so that's really cool that your 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 grand your grandmother collected VHS tapes and had that. Um, like, what other like weird things did she have in her collection that you um, would watch or discover you know, I watched, that way? I watched a ton of musicals growing up. Um, my mother was a. Um, she was like a, a chorus singer in college and she was a drama teacher at a high school. It's so like musicals were kind of always around us, but they always have really cool like poster art, like really appealing, um, mm-hmm. eye catching covers. So, you know, even though my dad was like as King Jock as it could get, he was a coach, you know, sports, this sports, that still to this day, <clears throat> those, those covers caught my eye. So I'd be like, Grammy, throw this one on. And, you know, we'd be watching South Pacific, you know, cause it had a cool, it's just like cool art. And um, another place I discovered a lot of sci-fi was actually the library. I loved renting videos from the library. And um, mm-hmm. what would happen is I'd be bored in the books with my mom, even though I loved books, I'd be bored, you know, looking at cool covers there and I'd sneak away and start looking at the cool covers over in the VHS section. And a lot of times um, I would get to rent, um, typically it would end up being an animated one. So that way for sure, my sister and I would both enjoy it. But I saw a lot of good movies that way too. I think, uh, Phantom Tollbooth jumps out as a really good one that I remember never hearing about or seeing on TV and then seeing it at the library and checking it out. Nice. Yeah. I, um, I, I loved going to the library as a kid. Uh, I remember though, renting Watership Down when I was a kid. Mm, big mistake. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was definitely one of those that would be like only at the library VHS tape. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, that was not not a good not a good choice. <laughs> Very rough movie. That movie is rough, and they remade it recently with like CG style animation, I believe. Yeah, I saw that. I I don't know if I don't know if it would have the same effect on me. I think you know. I think John Boyega was part of it, and that's the only reason I knew about it. Huh? Like I don't know. If he, I don't know if he did a voice or or something. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I didn't know if they changed it or what. But yeah, not a movie that I thought should get remade. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even heard of that movie. Yeah, oh, buddy. I, so I take um, it, don't watch it. That's what I'm. Um, It's just rough. I would, <laughs> I would watch it now as an adult. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I own it on DVD, but I haven't watched it in a very, like, probably since my childhood. But uh, yeah, it's not a movie for kids, but mm. it's animated. And so a lot of places, especially like libraries and stuff, would would accidentally mark it as like an animated kids feature. Yep. Though I feel like the library should know better because it's based off of a book. Yeah, it's based off like a well-known so, enough book that you would right. think would be in the right section. <laughs> but nope. nope. <laughs> oh, I thought of another one that I discovered via yeah. the cover. Uh, that was the Return to Oz. Oh, what a great oh, movie. Yes. Yeah, hell yeah. That was another library discovery um, which like I knew there were more books because my mom actually had a book collection, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't know there were more movies. And of course, I'd seen the original a million times with my grandma. Uh, mm-hmm. So I didn't know there was another until I saw it at the library. Yeah, that was another like kind of almost nightmare inducing movie for me as a kid. Super. Uh, <laughs> super. Yeah. Uh, they don't make them like that. Definitely not. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so Planet of the Apes, kind of going back to that, uh, you said, did you watch any of the other films like as a kid or just the original? Really, really casually. I think the only one I had never seen as a kid actually was Beneath, because uh, that one would have stuck with me. I'm sure it would have because it's so strange. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think the order I probably saw them in was original, saw that a few times. And then seeing the others out of order. I remember seeing Escape because um, the ending was really, like, really messed me up. Um, and then I remember seeing, uh, um, I remember, con- I really remember Conquest because it just looked like some office buildings near, like, a mall that I would go to as a kid. 
Like the whole, the whole movie was 1991. And I was like, Oh, like it's 1994. This is just like, <laughs> it just looks like, you know, where my, where my dad like goes and pays his taxes. Like what is going on? So I, I definitely would see them in chunks and pieces, but it wasn't until um, I was older that I, you know, really put time into them and, and paying attention to them. The, uh, the Tim Burton one brought me back into them because I was so pure Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars that any of the mm-hmm. sci-fi, I like, couldn't touch it. But as I got older, I was like, no, 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 there's room, there's room for a lot more. <laughs> um, what was it like the love of the Burton one that brought you back over to it? Or was it just that it kind of reignited that flame? Uh, it was the love of it. I love the Burton one. I know that that stings a lot of ears, but I absolutely <laughs> love that one. It came out, you know, at a, at a really good time for me, like a, as, as a young man, like it just, it, it was just good timing. You know, I, I wanted some action. I wanted to see, I was into, you know, seeing some big money spent and that, that makeup, man, that makeup will, will be probably some of my all time favorite movie makeup ever. Um, it, it really stuck with me and seeing the toys everywhere too, being like a toy freak from birth, mm-hmm. uh, seeing a wall of toys about something made it always seem a little more important to me. And so that, that went a long way too, is the Hasbro line and those big packages and just kind of taking up a lot of eye space at the store. Uh, that helped too, you know, that made me be like, Oh man, you know what? Yeah, of course. You've always loved apes. You love those as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of that weird, um, kind of like a subconscious desire to enjoy something, especially when seeing so many of it in one section. Like I, I used to love going through like KB toys mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, you would just see like the that row of like, you know, I, I never watched like Alien or anything like that as a kid, mm-hmm. but seeing that row of like Alien toys, you're like, oh, well, Alien's got to be good. Like there's 15 different versions of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's another that's actually a really good example. I hadn't um, I probably hadn't seen the Alien movies at all until after mm-hmm. seeing the toys at uh, specifically KB in the mall uh, that we would go to. Um and that, and that made me want to see them because I, I had a friend, too, that had a ton of alien toys. And we had no context because he'd never seen them either. They were his brothers first. So he kind of was just like, oh, you can play with these. Like, I don't play with them anymore. And we had no clue what they were. And it made me really want to know, what are these? Yeah, there there's that kind of uh, unique period where they would try to actually market rated R material to kids oh yeah because they're like well it's cool enough like the kids are gonna like it regardless of whether or not they've seen it yeah there's a lot of lines that when you think about it they don't really make sense you know uh, the terminator 2 line uh demolition man uh (laughs) the rambo figures were like the first really big example of uh toys that were attached to a movie that like no kid would get to see Mm -hmm. you know apes had the migos but Again, that they were they were harmless looking. They weren't aggressive toys, uh, and and yeah, Planet of the Apes wasn't really a kids movie, but it would still blow a kid's mind. <laughs> oh, totally. And I think they knew that, and they're like, "Well, we can make money here." Well, Yuma. So the 2001 Tim Burton movie was actually my first Planet of the Apes movie. So me and you are definitely on the same wavelength. When it comes to that Tim Hell Burton yeah. film, we actually just did the Tim Burton movie. Like, I think that was our last episode that we just did before this one. So we just did the Tim Burton one and we yeah. actually did two different interviews, um, one with uh, Andrew's dad and one with my best friend, Thomas. And uh, Andrew's dad is kind of with Andrew when it comes to, to the Burton Planet of the Apes. And my friend Thomas <laughs> is just like, like, no, yeah, like this was a fun movie. Like I enjoyed this movie growing up. Uh, and I remember seeing the toys all over the place as well for it. But I, I just never thought in my brain when I was a kid to say, you know what? I really need a Mark Wahlberg action figure, but I used to have <laughs> like predator. I used to have Terminator two stuff. I like, I had a, a weird collection of toys growing up that had like rated R stuff. I even, I think I found from my brother's collection, one of those Rambo force of freedom uh, toys, which was, oh, nice. which was phenomenal. Like to, to have that. I didn't know who he was though. Because, you know, I'm, I'm 10 years younger than my brother and I'm like, oh, this is army guy. I had no idea who Rambo was. It wasn't in the package. But just to see like, yeah, rated R toys 
uh, out there and kids are just buying them up because it's like, oh, yeah, we can have all these war games. And in doing research on the Planet of the Apes stuff, Mattel actually had their hand. That might have been the only really violent toy that I saw in my research was an ape mask with a Tommy gun. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they did that a lot when it came to merchandising. Star Trek was a good example of that. They just put, Mm -hmm. put the name on something no matter how unrelated it is. As long as the package grabs the eye, they'll buy the crap inside. And yeah, like what is it that that Spock helmet mm-hmm. with like the it's just yeah like, it's like an ambulance helmet like I don't know what it's supposed yeah. to be it's stupid. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really remember the the Burton toys for for this film. I I, I vividly remember seeing Congo toys. Oh hell yeah! And, um, <laughs> what was it? Primal Rage, that video game. Yeah, those were like my the, playmates. The they 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 came, they had really big ones or not really big ones but yeah like six inch and then they came with really tiny like little like you know natives to like crush and step on right. and hold in the hands those were really cool too so from like ape toy perspective those i really remember in the store but i don't really remember uh planet of the apes toys well so i'm trying to think of what else was out at that time because that was pretty much one of the bigger blockbusters of of 2001 so toy wise, I mean, you still had a lot of really good um, Power of the Jedi figures. So it yes. was like it was post Phantom Menace. So those were still out there. But then you were getting like the better versions of stuff from Empire and Jedi, some expanded universe. And so those took a lot of shelf, too. And they were usually right next to each other because they were both Hasbro. Right. And they were also similarly colored, like size was way different, but they were black with green and like gold and then the planet of the apes ones are like pretty much like just dark green and black and like some some writing so they're all kind of together and probably did blend a little that's really interesting i feel like my eyes never diverted further away from the star wars toys at that point Mm -hmm, same (laughs) (laughs) it's tough it's a little harder for me to get past that point in the aisle because i was probably like up you can get one toy yeah, I'm gonna go towards the Star really Wars. Yeah. <laughs> After church, I'm allowed to pick one figure. I'm it's a beeline right to the power of the force, Star Wars, you know? Right. Yeah, like, oh man, they got prune face today. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I need this Tuscan Raider now. <laughs> What's really funny oh, is man. recently I was in a uh, a comic shop uh over in New Jersey, and I, I remember sending these pictures to Andrew. Uh it was like the first thing that I saw when I walked in, like I, first thing like I kind of just was on blinders and I went straight to the back and they had a whole mess of the Tim Burton line of toys. There was tons of them. And I'm like, man, I really could just, I could, I could go for this Paul Giamatti right now. Yes. That one's <laughs> so good. The limbo toy is so right? good. It's, it, it's fantastic. I'm like, ah, do I really want to spend $50 on a Paul Giamatti right now? I don't know if I want to do that. Yes. <laughs> Well, see, that's the thing with those figures. Um, comic shops and like your typical toy shop, they always have them a little too high because they were easy to get a lot of. So they were kind of easy to keep nice, if that makes sense. You can you can keep that card nice and mint because, you know, you've got a few others that if they get damaged, pull them off the shelf, put up this one. So they try and charge too much. But I was at a swap meet not that long ago, and I got Pericles – who actually came with his little spaceship and everything, his little landing ship. Uh, He comes with it, same package, same size package as all the others. And uh, I got it for $5 in like never been open, perfect condition. So you you can find him. Like I found Thade on the horse a bunch of times for 15 bucks. And I keep passing because I know I've seen him for 10 and I'm just patient. You know, when it's toys that I know aren't going anywhere, I'm always patient. Um, but the fade with a horse, like it's like this, it's it's amazing. I'm mad he didn't come without the horse, also, because I don't really need a horse toy. <laughs> but it's still really cool. It is really neat. Uh, I mean, like even even places like Mercari, you could get, you can get mm-hmm. a, I use that and a lot. you can get. Uh, I'm even looking at it right now. They have a fade, and they have uh, Michael Clark Duncan. I can never remember his name in the movie. They have his character, and then they have a Doctor Zeus. Uh, from like an old one from Mego and they're selling all three of those for 114, which I guess because you have the Zayas in there, it kind of 
even then though you could oh it's the well is it in good condition because those Mego ones you know when they're made out of that material from back then they they don't hold up too good so they can be they can sometimes just be like almost like disintegrating well, the, the box on the Mego yeah. on this Zayas is pretty rough like it looks like a dog chewed on it oh oh, oh but if the figure's in the box and yeah that's a big part of why because even if it's yeah. been open and it's still in there it's like it's it's at least helping preserve it. Yeah, is it a is it a box or is it the one of the card backs? Because there's two different Mego. This one's a box. Uh, packaging. Yeah, this one's there? a box. Okay. Yeah, the to- yeah they had the ones that were in the bubble on the card, and then they had the ones that yeah. were in the, yeah. the doll box. Nice. Um, yeah. So uh, I work at a comic book store part time, and um, we never really get old toys in. Uh, it's not something that we really kind of deal with. We mostly just deal with new comics and older comics and that's it. Mm-hmm. But, um, in the back room though, uh, I, I don't know why I never brought this up to you, Joe. In the back room, we have just like the biggest freaking Tim Burton Planet of the Apes poster. What? <laughs> and I, I don't know why. Like, it's just, it's just sitting there and no one does anything with it. <laughs> and it, I think it covers a hole in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lo- it's a load bearing poster like on the it's a load bearing but it's 100 percent that you and we also we also painted trouble. right we also painted the uh the dirt just to make everything look nicer uh, <laughs> so um that's awesome though like I, I what is your like history of like kind of going back with uh planet of the apes then to the older toys like do you actively seek out the migos or anything like that yeah i do i don't really so my my main thing is when it comes to toys it's all about size Mm -hmm. for me like i i'm huge on the classic 3.75 because that's that's just how i started collecting you know i mean well not true technically i think ninja turtles were my first uh Mm. but even then they're like five inches a little bit under so right when figures when I got into pro wrestling as a fan, my toys were getting bigger and bigger. They were six inches now all the time, and the ring was you know sixteen inches. But so everything was getting bigger, and that meant I could have less, and I didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> my, my Star Wars toys I had hundreds because they were small. They didn't take up a lot of space. And um, so when it, with Migos and stuff, like I remember when I started going to Comic Con because I'm from San Diego, so I had access to Comic Con very easily. Uh, in high school, my friends and I would sneak in and, um, and we would always, uh, we would buy up exclusives and, and just sell them to the booths or trade oh, them to the booths. We would just run around asking for people's badge. Hey, are you going to get the whatever exclusive? Uh, no, you're not. Uh, may I borrow your badge to buy it and I'll give you five bucks or whatever. Cause then we would end up trading it for something cool. And I'd gotten some, uh, they were like modern remakes of Migos. I got like a really cool Daredevil and Mr. Sinister. And, okay, yeah. and then even those modern ones, these were probably made in like 99 or 2000. Uh, mm-hmm. They were, they like rotted in like, like two years of being like in the sun on my shelf. Uh, and so that always kind of put me off to the Migos. But the more I looked at the apes ones, I was like, you know what? I kind of don't care how big they are. And I don't kind of don't care if they're too rotten because I just think they're great. <laughs> especially the planets. that's like you guys had mentioned like a holy grail kind of thing if i could find mm-hmm. the forbidden zone trap with the like garage never been touched <laughs> like that would be a dream to open that's awesome yeah i was looking at images of the migo stuff earlier and they, they just look beautiful i i love migo like more so from afar i've never really collected them same i definitely um, appreciate them but like i um I had a Robin once because I just love like 60s Robin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember like I bought him fairly cheap because he was missing one of his oven mitts. Because those those Migos, like their gloves are clearly just oven mitts. Um, but uh, he it was such a cool figure. Like they're just there's so much that they could do with those um, kind of that old scale version of what, what was it um uh captain action oh yeah yeah is that just your yeah kind of like so it's generic doll man that can go on any adventure yeah. like big jim they, i like big jim i'm a big yeah big guy. jim yeah okay <laughs> i think right. if i remember right i think some big jim stuff was either copied or 
borrowed for Planet of the Apes. I may have it backwards. Because I think Big, huh. Big Jim may have been half. I don't know. I, there's there's something that was either like stolen or it's pretty much like clearly a ripoff. Because uh, mm-hmm. Big Jim was Mattel. So they wouldn't have helped directly. I can't remember. There's something weird there about Big Jim and uh, Planet of the Apes play sets. I think it was the play set specifically. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I might be mixing that up, but I'll, I'll look into well, it. Well, I just found... Uh... Uh, it was at a I, I tend to go on my little hunts every now and again, especially when I'm off from work. I'm like, you know what? Let's go on a hunt today. And then so I go and look for toys and look for stuff. And uh, I found a really great classic toy place over by me. And uh, I sent Andrew a picture of uh, I found Amigo in the bubble, actually, of Dr. Zay's Ooh. eight inch. Perfect. There's no bending. Nothing. The thing is two hundred dollars. And he kept telling me to buy it repeatedly Buy it. and i'm like i can't i can't That's, man <laughs> <laughs> but it was like on card like the card uh, next to it shows like dr zayas 1962 cornelius 1961 astronaut 1965 they did they, they didn't get the rights to heston oh, yeah. they did not want to pay heston the rights for that it was too, too expensive. expensive but so amazing you know what's funny the, the super seven ones if you notice uh mm-hmm. They intentionally didn't use photos um, on the artwork on the card art because I think that's part of how they can get around uh, some licensing stuff. I know tons of companies have done that where as long as you're not depicting the actor, like I think they can get away with stuff like that. And I don't know if it's like to avoid it completely or to lower costs, but I but but you could kind of tell you're like, well, that looks like a man, but I don't know if that looks like Justin. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think especially at that time, like when they were doing the Super Seven, um, NECA was doing their Planet of the Apes wave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and they purposely avoided Heston as well. Yep, it's expensive, um, man, to get those those human faces. It just it right. adds, and especially for him. I'm I'm sure his estate uh, charges an arm and a leg for that. Oh, I um, did you collect any of the more recent Planet of the Apes figures, like either from the more recent films or or the, the newer classic editions? So when when the new films came out, which I love, that also rekindled mm-hmm. my love for the apes. Uh, my wife and I went and saw the first one just on a whim. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, well, shoot, I always love these, and you know, we both were like, you know, we like James Franco. We're like, well, let's check it out. Uh, and, and we just fell in love immediately and couldn't wait for the next one and then couldn't wait for the next one. And when Netflix mm-hmm. did those ones for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, I was really, really, really only collecting uh, minifigures, like not even 3.75. I was collecting a lot of Keshi from Japan. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, and I would always see him at Toys R Us. They had that beautiful Maurice and I would pass on it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I regret it because two years ago on my birthday, I just was like, screw it. I want Caesar. I want Koba. And I, I bought them on Amazon for probably, I think they were only like, because they were 20 in the stores. And I think I bought them for like 24 each. So it wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but Maurice and uh, 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 the gorilla, whose name is escaping me, they go for like 70 plus. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And I'm also not a big NECA guy. I, I don't like, you know, I just don't like how big they are for the most part. Uh, but I do have a NECA Dr. Zayas because I got one in a busted box. I open 99% of my toys and I got one at a toy show in a busted box for like 12 bucks. And it's a great wow. Yeah, absolutely. Worth yeah, I, I have the NECA uh, Zayas, Zira, and Cornelius just because I was like, I got to have them. Yeah, these. you got to have them. Um, and I, I, I love them. I think they're, they're really nice. I'm not the biggest NECA person either. Like I'll, I'll sometimes get some Godzilla figures here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like those. I like how heavy those are. Yeah, those they're, are. they're really heavy. I feel like those are toys I can trust. I don't know if that makes sense, but I just know they're not going to fall. Like I do like I get that. stuff. Um, so yeah. So like as soon as I saw the Planet of the Apes stuff, I was really hoping that they would do more with them. But that line didn't really last very long, unfortunately. It, it didn't. And at toy shows, I always see them sitting. So it must have just not been a good seller, despite them all looking really good. Mm. Um, over the summer, uh, my tag team partner and I actually went on a hike uh, to Ape City in Malibu Canyon where they filmed it. That's amazing. Awesome. <laughs> and we had uh, a massacre. Uh, the angry video game nerd had gone like two years ago. 
and and showed that there are still pieces of plaster. You can actually find pieces of Ape City still there. I think I think the government was very foolish to buy the land and not keep the sets up because that could have generated a lot of money. Oh yeah. They bought the land because it was a private it was a private farm uh, earlier when they filmed like MASH and Planet of the Apes and all that stuff was filmed there. And then when the state bought it, they got rid of all that stuff, but they left a lot of the MASH stuff because I think in hindsight, because that was, I think, the early 70s, um, mm-hmm. I think they knew to like, like, well, we better leave some stuff because I think that may have actually already been state owned when they filmed there and they had just or it was too late. But the prison, the where the little flat ground where the, the prison cell is in the first one with, yeah. the, with the stairs that Taylor runs up. The stairs and that flat platform are still there. That is all. And so I ran up the stairs like Taylor. And it's crazy because right behind you, where he comes out of their little house, which was, you know, it's just a facade. But where he came from, if he was actually in there, he would have fallen like probably almost 25 feet. Yeah, that was literally just a facade right on an edge. And he, you know, must have come right from the edge around a door up those stairs. Because there's nothing there. There's nothing behind where there where Zira's house was. <laughs> and I brought my NECA Dr. Zayas and took a picture that came out better than I could have ever imagined. Uh, I did some forced perspective with him staring at the steps and it came out amazing. Wow. Like I was like that that made the whole hike worth it because we didn't find any plaster. I did break off a piece of the staircase to keep because it's really huge. Like it's huge. My wife was like, mm-hmm. you nerds are going to, there's not going to be anything left. <laughs> but you, you can chip away at those rocks for, for a hundred years and there'll still be stairs left. So that was really cool. And the NECA one is so well painted that it, it, it almost, with a little blur on it, it almost really looked like he was standing there. That is incredible. Have you ever that posted awesome. uh, that photo anywhere? Is it on your, is it on your page? Yeah, it's on my Instagram, which is, so my social media is private for a really stupid reason that's almost over. But I'm gonna DM that to you guys right now so you could see. Uh, I think it's. Yeah. I think I did a little slideshow where you can even see me um, running up the steps. <laughs> I may not. Have, yeah. I may if, not have posted if we that could, part. If we could, uh, uh, you know, attach that to you know our social media posts for this episode, that'd be awesome. Oh, absolutely! I'm gonna DM it to you guys right now while we're talking. Thank you. That is awesome. That is just such a cool, cool story and such a neat thing to be able to go and like explore. Uh, being on the East Coast, we got we got the Statue of Liberty, it's not that's even a, and it's not even. <laughs> and you can actually get to the part on the beach where they filmed that. Uh, the dude from Cinema Massacre uh, lined it up, lined up, you know, where the shot would have been, where the scaffolding would have been, where the matte painting actually w- was instead. Um, it, it it was really cool. We didn't we didn't put the effort into driving around to that part because we ended up hiking for like nine hours that day. We went everywhere. And the mash stuff was not exciting. I, I'm not a mash fan. That was that always that always meant it was either time for bed or, um, or that uh, the that it was Simpsons time. were over. Yeah, Simpsons yeah. were over. That's right. It meant the Simpsons were over on syndication. And I was like, oh, this yep. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I miss miss the Simpsons. It's all up to mash now. Masher. Uh, the A team, but I was always excited for the A team. I was gonna say I was, uh, I was a big A team <laughs> fan, but it was I would pick the news. I'd be like, "Mom, just put the news on." <laughs> oh man, that's great! I just um, sent it to you guys. Oh, thank you. On the Pod Planet. Oh, that's awesome! This is that's tremendous. Thank you for sending that to us. We like. I was so stoked because I I really couldn't see my phone. It was too bright, like the glare. And I was like, man, if this doesn't focus right, it's all going to be for nothing. So I just kept taking the picture, and then I finally got in some shade and found one that looked perfect. I think I accidentally defollowed you. All right, following you back again. Oh, yeah, send oh, that, send so, that. Oh, social media and Andrew. <laughs> Not the best of you. I'm you terrible are at this. Uh, <laughs> as someone who's running a, a – or, or, co-hosting a podcast i i am <laughs> oh, wait, I can i'm not it. good at social media you can <laughs> see i can't see it okay now i can see it okay, okay. <laughs> wow dude i also might have sent you like a, an emoji earlier uh i don't know i didn't i, I, I didn't i apologize it. for that that's all okay right. 
<laughs> this is this is amazing. <laughs> this looks great. Oh my god! Yeah, we're totally posting that for this. Oh, that's beautiful. I also got a over the summer. I got a really. I think it was right before or after that hike. I got a really good deal on the 50th anniversary set on Amazon. Mm-hmm. The nine movie one, and it comes with these nice little posters. I sent you a picture of that too. Oh wow, geez, we we uh, we messed up going digital. <laughs> well, I I owned the the older Blu-ray set um, collection of them the first time that they did the collection, and then I just bought it again digitally because why the hell not? Um, I think yeah, I oh. I only opened the box to look at the prints. <laughs> they were I <laughs> I'm lazy as hell, and with the pandemic, I was like, if I don't have to get out of bed and I can watch all nine, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that Super Seven is is fan. Oh. I like the Stormtrooper there. That's nice touch. <laughs> yeah, I always do a little, I always I always like to show the scale so everyone can see like how these would fit in with your toys. I'm like the biggest Super Seven fan. Uh, I've got a buddy at the um, San Diego location, and um, it's is I just love going in there and talking toys with him and just looking around the the actual their store location. It's it's just heaven. It's just like a tiny little room of heaven. All around you, yeah. beautiful art and beautiful toys. That's awesome. I, I gotta, I gotta get out west at some point in my life. Oh, 100%. But uh, I, I would love, I would love to go to that. That that sounds so good. During Comic Con um, weekend, uh, they always change it up, and it's always themed something different. And they always got a lot of great deals cool. going on. So it's Comic Con is a, probably the best time to go to San Diego in general. Right in the middle of summer. Hopefully, this next year everything's back to normal. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, the reaction figures, I think the only one I own is a snake Pliskin. Um, Oh, I just got so that I one. Should... I got the one with the jacket though. I got it and I just got it on like a claim sale on Instagram and I wish I could. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I got the jacket too. Well, uh, like I said, I work at a comic store, so, uh, typically I'll, I'll order things for myself through uh, <laughs> our distributor. Nice. That's smart. And I'm like, well, it's a snake Pliskin. I got to get a snake Pliskin. Um, I think like the main <laughs> Super Seven thing I'm really looking for now is those those Thundercats that are kind of big. They're they're pretty like I, I have oh, no their ultimate, their ultimate yeah form? oh yeah I have no scale discrepancies. Yeah, awesome. I'm just like these are Thundercats. I need these. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are beautiful. And I so I I never honestly I never saw a single Thundercats toy other than like the little like rubber ones, you know, like the little like cake topper style ones. I don't think I've actually seen a Thundercats figure until this this year, and I didn't oh, really. I just they just never caught my eye. They they just yep. they you know came and went, and they weren't part of what I was into. None of my friends were either, and um and I saw one. I didn't know the original toys were so damn big. Oh, yeah, they're huge. Yeah, I have um well, I inherited through my brother, so uh, I stole them. Uh, I have the uh, Lion-O, and I still have Snarf. Snarf is huge. Like, and he's a sidekick, right? Like, why is he so big? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he, he should, should be generally be the size of like a house cat. I don't know why they made him gigantic. I, I, but I really, <laughs> I really like the Super Seven reactions of the Thundercats because they're in a scale that I like, and I think they, I think they stay really true to the actual like design. It's great. They're really, really nice. Um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to stay away from buying a lot of toys lately, <laughs> but that is definitely tempting. <laughs> I think the only what is I think the only yeah, way sorry. to get me into getting start getting like apes toys would be is if uh, Figure Arts started making them. If SHF started oh, making them, I would be like, okay, I'm in. You got me. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like imagine like a Hot Toys oh. freaking. Oh. Uh, Cornelius in space suit and like come with the other body too or something. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah, they, they would have it. That would there. There you go. Here's my money. Thanks, guys. You did it. Actually, you know what? I bet since I believe Hot Toys is a Japanese company, uh, mm-hmm. I bet they would put Cornelius in his like uh, interview outfit first, like his nice suit oh. and tie, like where he looks. That would off. be so That's good. I <laughs> like I just feel like they would do that first. They would put Dapper Cornelius out there before like any action Cornelius. Yep. <laughs> if I if ever if I ever saw Cornelius in the suit, that would be it. I'd be like, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm bummed that uh, we didn't get that far with the reaction ones. I don't know if they're gonna do any more or, or if that license is up or or what. Mm-hmm. I think they were smart, you know, to obviously target the original 
And uh, I need to catch up and get the Beneath. They did like a Mendez. Um, okay. And they did, they sprinkled like almost, I think. And then I think the general from Battle, they made a figure of. Oh, Ursus? I think. They, oh, no, not Ursus. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, because I have the Ursus uh, figure. And then I have I Zaya. I can't think of his name now. I have Cornelius in the spacesuit. So, yeah, I got a few I need to get. I, I kind of need to get a bunch of them still. I slept on them. And then they weren't in the actual shop location anymore, and I don't like buying stuff online if I don't have to. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'm, I, I would have really liked to see them go further and do Cornelius and Zira in their their people clothes, and um, I would have I would have liked a uh, Armando figure. Oh hell yes! Oh yes! <laughs> you give me Cornelius in a suit and a Ricardo Montalban figure, and that's it. And then you've got me on the whole line. Okay. <laughs> At least do Fantasy Island, and then I'll just I'll put him in a turtleneck. You know, I'll paint him. Like, like I, I need him. I love that character. I was watching Conquest yesterday to get hyped for today. Oh, nice. And, uh, and I just love him. I love how he stands up for what I feel I would stand up for. You know, it's just – I just like that character. Such a good character. And he plays it with such gusto. Like, like real passion, he, he, like real passion yeah, for, for, he relishes for equality. It. I love it. It's like, it's genuine. And as someone, you know, of a Hispanic Latin background, I'm sure he felt plenty of oppression in, in, in his industry. And so he was probably just being, just being real. Hell yeah. Actually. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to send you something a little bit special, Yuma, that I worked on for when we did our episode. Um, I made a piece of, of art for the episode and I'm going to send that to you too. And, uh, just let me know. I'll, I'll even I'll be happy to actually like send you a print if you want. I, I can do that as well. But I I, I think you'll you'll really enjoy it. <laughs> oh, that's dope! <laughs> that is so good. Uh, I have a buddy. He's another pro wrestler. His name's Adrian Quest. He is fantastic. He's he's the future of the industry. He's uh mm-hmm. he wrestles for New Japan, uh, and uh you know a couple other really good places. But we always tease him. Because he dresses really nice, but we say he looks like a monkey. So I send him pictures of, uh, uh, I send him pictures of Cornelius dressed up all the time. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so good. And I don't even know if he's seen that movie or any of them. To be honest, he's much younger than me. I'm probably 20 years older than than him. So I don't even know if he gets it. But I always just, you know, I just send him those pictures. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see if I can find a picture of it. Uh, I'm a terrible artist, uh, though I make a lot of art. I have a lot of talented friends that fix it for me. <laughs> and so I'm actually going to send you guys a picture of a tattoo I'm going to be getting. Oh, nice. Uh, I have a couple in mind, but this is the main one I'm going to get. I sent it to the to the DM, and that's just my crappy sketch. <laughs> But that's what it's going to be. Wow. It's going to be a nice picture of Cornelius. I want the spaceship in the sky. The Forbidden Zone is like my favorite part of Planet of the Apes. It's so cool. It's so um, like the aesthetic of it, of just the the mountain range and the the weird scarecrows. Yeah. Everything about it is so iconic. The scarecrows. <laughs> I love them. And, you know, I didn't even know there was an animated series until maybe three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And then it was on Hulu for a bit, and I gave it a try. And it's pretty terrible, but like I like it. But the <laughs> opening, watching that as well, yeah. <laughs> the opening is so crazy. How it's just like it's so good. It's just yeah. like that awesome music, and then they like all of a sudden like a really tight shot of one of the scarecrows to like startle you. Yeah, it's it's so cool. I love the scarecrows. I don't know if you guys saw in the General Ursus picture. Uh, my toy, I call them toy picks. Uh, I made a little scarecrow out of sticks. That's phenomenal. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I was like, because I love that part and like the bleeding, you know, the 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 bleeding ape statue, like when they're yeah. beneath. Oh yeah, I think I'm gonna watch Beneath later because I love I love how <laughs> weird that one is. That one I didn't see till this year at all. Really? Yeah, yeah. We um we were kind of mixed on it. So I had seen it years and years and years ago, and I I remember not really caring for it. Um, then Joe and I we watched it in our quest to watch everything planet of the apes and neither of us kind of cared for it but as we got further along into the series i, I kind of like it more now 
<laughs> I, 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 There's just something about it. There's. I definitely like all of the movies. Um, I think they all have something very, very, very unique about each. And then mm-hmm. I, I think they each have something great about them. Obviously, they have their flaws, you know. Um, and I, I think the only thing that bothered me uh, about Beneath is the fact that uh, just Charlton Heston's unwillingness to be a part of it. Yeah. And then, you know, we got, what's it, Brant or whatever? Like, it's just, it looks like he could have been his body double. Yeah. You know? he, he is just a, a straight up stand in for Heston. Yeah. And it, it definitely looms over the rest of the film. And him sandwiching the movie, being in the beginning and then the end, it's just, yep. it's just annoying, especially because I didn't see the movie before I knew that fact that he didn't want to be a part of it. He's like, I don't want to do another one of these, but I'll do enough. Like that bothered me. Actors bother me. I think I, think <laughs> yeah, I don't like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Brando Superman, uh, Superman two kind of situation yeah. where they're like, Oh no, we lost Donner. So we got to only use the mom. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. I'm like, you filmed it. Just use it. Just do it. Just, <laughs> you did the first one. You, and it, yeah, I mean, I it's know. definitely <laughs> funny that, you know, Heston actually, came back but to play an ape in burton's like he's oh okay oh i did love that little wink i thought that was kind of funny and um, when he's talking doesn't he have a gun yeah he talks about the power of the gun which is i think it's clearly how they got him back (laughs) if you want to get a yeah if you want to get a conservative boomer to do anything just be like hey you get to talk about guns (laughs) I'm there. Uh, He's like, just put me in there. Put me in the makeup. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. I, I, I'm sure as soon as they told him, Oh, don't, don't worry. You're going to, you're going to talk about uh, the power of the gun. He's like, Oh, great. But then if you notice, once he gives the gun to, uh, Thade, his son in the film, he does die. Yep. So they did take it from his cold dead hands. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize that. <laughs> Straight Heston up, just, anything <laughs> yeah. with Heston and the gun just reminds me of The Simpsons, like bringing it back to The Simpsons, like <laughs> get shot. That's okay, oh, son. Yeah. It's oh, your yeah. right as a god-given American. <laughs> <laughs> Everything comes back to Simpsons. We get oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's no way. <laughs> so, so you kind of had a um, kind of a, a mean, uh, not mean, but like uh, an angry uh, reaction to The Simpsons then. As you said earlier, I mean, and like I love uh, that episode. That song is unforgettable. But I was kind of, like, I, I kind of was like, why are they making it look stupid <laughs> when it's a serious movie? You know, like, yeah, there's no, I mean, there's no humor even in the first one. The, the, what's weird is the one with the most humor is the one with the freaking most brutal ending, and that's Escape. Yes, yep. Escape is full of charm. It's got camp. It's fun. It's funny. It's genuinely funny when they're being interviewed and stuff. Yeah. And then it's just as the saddest. It has a water watership down ending, just <laughs> brutal. And and to be honest, when I saw that one as a kid, I remember thinking that like, oh, okay, they took these. Like I was old enough to be like, okay, they made these for kids now. This is fun. This is fun and funny. And then it ended, right. and the little baby rolls off the boat into the water, and I was like, oh. And then it's just over. The credits roll yeah. over the, it, that panning out shot of the boat and everyone just upset. Yeah. They pull the rug and like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like movies don't end like that anymore. Oh, no. no, it it's weirdly. It's just bleak. Dis- it's, it's bleak and it's dissatisfying in a really good way. Yep. <laughs> um, Not, nothing takes that risk anymore. You know? No. It's refreshing, uh, that film and the fact that it's made in the seventies and it's still refreshing mm-hmm. kind of shows, uh, it's lasting effect. Yeah. That's a, that's a, I mean, I, I love them all, but that one is, is one of the better ones for a lot of, uh, a lot of like that is storytelling. Out of the, oh yeah. Out of the original five, that one, I hold the closest to the original film. Yeah, definitely. That's the truest in terms of honesty. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a fish out of water and it just completely, it plays with all your expectations in such a, yeah, it's, it's so well done. That, I that instantly <laughs> my favorite after not having any history with this franchise. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why Andrew uh, asked me to be his co-host because I have no history other than Tim Burton's and the James Franco one. Mm-hmm. So I 
you know, I'm, I'm doing this with all, you know, essentially baby eyes. So just these fresh, you know, newborn eyes of seeing these whole things. And so far that movie escape has been my favorite. I love the music. I love, cause I love Batman 66. Like it's to no end. Oh yeah. 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 That's it's And Roddy McDowell was, uh, Oh, what's it he's say? a bookworm bookworm that's right i almost yeah. bought a bookworm figure just i was about to say that is the only other reaction figure i do own is the bookworm <laughs> that was actually funko and those are actually oh was it yeah. i'm sorry yeah, okay. yeah. Those, those ones are pretty good though like i kind of you know I, i'm i really so i'm weird i do not like batman not one bit i do not like batman okay i'm i'm like anti-batman but i love all his villains hmm i always tell, he's got great villains i always tell my friends i wish his villains we're Spider-Man's like, I wish Spider-Man got them all because I love Spider-Man and I love all his villains, but I'm like, why can't he fight play base? But I love Batman 66, everything about it. It's just, oh, it's and those, one fun, of my favorite, those Funko figures nailed it. They're so good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I wish I got, I got that, uh, book one. I still see him sometimes and he's always really cheap. So I think I'll probably grab him eventually and just put him with my apes just for fun. Oh yeah, totally. I uh I had to get him just because that's like one of my favorite villains of Batman sixty six. Even though he's only in two episodes. Yeah, I was gonna say I only remember seeing him once. Like Fourth uh, yeah. of July, there used to always be a uh, Batman sixty six marathon. Oh, nice. And um, I would just sit and watch it while everyone yeah. was outside eating barbecue and stuff. I would be <laughs> working out inside, and I only remember seeing him once and wanting to see him again. So I didn't even know he appeared twice. Yeah, well, well, it was like the two-parter, I mean. like Oh, that's weird. You would think in a marathon, yeah. they would show them in a row. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the level of intensity he brings to that episode is insane. And I, I absolutely love it. Like, Bookworm is, I just think, such a good villain. And they brought him back into uh, the comics more recently when they did the Batman 66 comic series. And they used him a lot more. Um, which was really kind of neat just to see because like as you re- as you're reading it, all you can hear is Roddy McDowell. Yeah, dude, his um, voice is just and, and yeah, and I kind of wanted I wanted to bring that to uh, what a what a powerful actor he was. Like you brought you were talking about intensity on a Batman '66 episode, mm-hmm. you know, where it's nothing but camp and and you know, whoopee cushions and bubble gum and silly. <laughs> but my favorite part of any Planet of the Apes including the new ones. Cause I love the new ones. I could probably talk about those for a whole another hour. Uh, but his speech at the end of conquest is like some of my favorite dialogue in any film, like ever when him playing Caesar, so like, and just getting angrier as the movie goes on and getting angrier and angrier. And then when he finally lets it out, like it's just, I, I could, you know, coming from the world of pro wrestling, your words mean as much as your action. You could say that about any movie, but in pro wrestling, you know, you think about a guy with the mic cutting a promo. What they say is going to determine whether or not you want to watch the match happen or whether you ever want this guy to succeed or fail. And that, that Caesar promo is just, it's just the best. It's just powerful through a, through a, through an ape mask. Yeah. It, there's just that history of theater within Ronnie McDowell and growing up within cinema from such a young age, I think he just had this kind of commanding presence on the screen that no matter what, even if Cornelius is kind of a background character as well, like kind of in the first film. Yeah. Um, it's really not that, you know, important as opposed to Zira. Um, and just every time he's on the screen, though, you can't look away. He's always doing something. Um, whether it's a twitch of the face or the look of the eyes, there's just something about Roddy McDowell that just draws you in. And it, it's and incredible. Just listening to him, <laughs> Batman, the animated series, he was, uh, Oh yeah. Mad he was Mad Hatter. Animated yeah. Series. Oh, that's right. Oh, uh, like, yeah. An- animated series is another Batman thing. That's just, you know, you can't not like it. It's a, yeah. It's, I, I, I get the weird, I get the, the hatred for towards Batman. As I said, like working in a comic store, I know a lot of people that don't care for Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Batman a lot. Uh, but I've always been a bigger fan of like the sidekicks. You're also uh, yeah. So oh, yeah. I've always been more of a Dick Grayson nut job or uh Tim Drake. Um, 
that I prefer them over Batman himself. But you're right. The, the villains lend themselves to such great performances and Rodney McDowell did it again with the Mad Hatter. And you could tell that he was having fun with that one as well, because, uh, he just gets to quote Lewis Carroll throughout <laughs> yeah, like the really. entire episode. How fun for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> like classic, lit- like literature that affected so many. Yep. Which is just so cool. Um, I, I do have one other question to kind of ask you before we kind of wrap things up here. What's like your personal favorite Planet of the Apes collectible that you own? Hmm. I mean, for me, it's it's got to be the the piece of the stone steps leading up to oh, to Taylor's yeah. cell. Yeah. I, in terms of things you can buy, mm-hmm. I don't think I have anything that touches that yet there's a lot of stuff I still want to get, you know, I definitely want to finish the super sevens. Um, but I just feel like if you know, my plan is actually, I want to go back now. It's a little cooler. Cause I was going to look for um, plaster up in the hill. Cause you can see exactly where everything like was like, you just recognize the shots, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and where ape city was, is really overgrown now. And it was hot. It was like 105, 110 that day. And yeah. So that means snakes. So I want to I want to go back when it's cooler and see if I can find a piece of the facade for Ape City because I think that would be that would be my like holy grail piece because I know it's there. It's just plaster, you know, with chicken wire underneath it, but it, yeah. but it's out there and I know what it is. That'd be phenomenal. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, well, Yuma, I I really appreciate you coming and uh, doing this podcast with us today. Uh, we usually towards the end, uh, we, you know, if you want to plug anything where anyone can find you, I know you said things are kind of a little hectic right now with your online presence, but, um, if there's anything where people can kind of look you up or find you. Yeah. Um, you, all my social media is at Yuma Buma, Y U M A B O O M A one word, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, that's pretty much all I use now. Um, you know, my Instagram, I always post toy pictures every Tuesday, whether it be a new product I got or a throwback or some information. And I'm also a toy maker, uh, with, with COVID right now, you know, pro wrestling's at a, at a standstill for about 80% of the industry, including especially California. So, uh, I, I, you know, I wish I had some wrestling to announce. I sure after 13 years as a pro, you know, it's weird to have almost an entire year off. But, uh, you know, once I have something to announce, I'm looking forward to being able to announce it. But for now, I'm just focusing on my toy making. So uh, my Instagram has some pictures and previews of a new uh, five point of articulation toy I'm making, an original character of mine. And I just dropped some minifigures there and I'm re-releasing some other minifigures I made last year. So my socials are mostly about toys and family right now. And although they're private, I still add a lot of people. So just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Yumabuma. And, um, you know, hopefully everyone can enjoy uh, toys and apes with me. Also, I do Monkey Monday every Monday, even though they're apes. I usually post apes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's incredible. That's awesome. Thank you for yeah. having me, guys. That's awesome. a blast. It's, it's not often I find a lot of fellow apes fans, let alone one, let alone one out of two that like uh, the Tim Burton one. So thank you for having me. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, uh, you, you are great, man. You're, you're awesome. Joe, what an awesome experience that was. Oh my God, dude. Yuma, Yuma <laughs> was tremendous. And I got to say, I got to, I have to throw a shout out right now, uh, to the people that actually introduced us to mm-hmm. Yuma. And that is the, uh, adventures in collecting podcast, Dave and Eric, these, those guys, you know, really came through clutch in introducing us to Yuma. So by all means, if you want to hear more about toys and still want to listen to some more Yuma, take a listen to his episode on adventures in collecting. Yeah, I can't recommend that enough either. Those guys are awesome. And uh, getting us to Yuma was really, really fun. Um, and I'm super jealous of his plaster that he owns. Um, oh, yeah. So. Dude, that, that thing is awesome. That's so, we got to. I think we need to have like an episode where we actually go out to the uh, West Coast. Okay, yeah. Uh, once uh, the ends of the world is over, let's let's hit that up. We'll go out there and we'll press the button just as Taylor did. Oh, <gasps> that's fucked up, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, guys. Um, as always, you can give us uh, a follow on our uh, Instagram and Twitter. My personal page is Major Plot Flaw. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Joe, where can people find you? You guys can find me on Instagram at Voices by Joe and at Mister J eight thirty one. Awesome. You can also find the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Planet Apes. Pod Planet of Apes. Uh, as always, want to give a huge, huge shout out to Louis Aronowitz for providing us with our stellar theme song. Uh, we're going to get Louis on here next year and talk about all things Music Planet of the Apes. God, so that so is set in stone. I know. <laughs> next year, though, I'm so really weird. excited because we are going into the newer films. So new year, new apes. Let's enjoy it. Hell yeah. Um, as always, guys, we are going to take it out with our classic catchphrase. I got nothing. I got we did toys, man. We did toys and I've got you couldn't come up with anything else. I couldn't come up with anything. I was I was struggling. I was looking at those those commercials for the toys and there was just nothing interesting except for you've got Dr. Zeus, Cornelius, Zira and Astronaut. That was perfect. Yeah, that's all I got. And astronauts. <laughs> and astronauts. And soldier ape. With astronaut accessory. See, you, it, it writes itself, Joe. It really does. Yeah, it I know. really does. It does. It does. Enjoy a banana and a gun with astronaut. <laughs>